Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. So, so today, here, here's what's funny, right? I was thinking about the room title today, right? If you love what you do, will it still feel like work? And I had this whole conversation planned in my head. 
then literally five minutes ago, I decided I actually don't agree with everything that I wrote. And I don't know if you ever do this. And by the way, maybe you should do it more. One of the things that I kind of pride myself on is the fact that I quickly change my mind and ideas about everything. And something that I learned from my grandparents um, and, and something that I constantly want to carry on in my life, and I think we all should. And this is a bit of a side note, but I think this world would be a better place if we all just uh, were okay with changing our mind every once in a while and, and changing our beliefs every once in a while. But it's a whole other conversation for another day. So originally, here's what I was thinking, right? I was thinking about the, the idea of, okay, if you love what you do, I still feel like work. And I was thinking about my girlfriend, for example, and being in a relationship. And of course, I love being in a relationship. I love my girlfriend. And sometimes it's work, right? But you have to do that in order to make it a great relationship. I think about being a father, right? I have a three-year-old son. And that sometimes feels like work. But I love my son. I love being a father more than anything in the world. And it's yet it still feels like work. But then I, I realized this, right? One, do we have to love what we do? Is that a requirement? And if you, like, do you have to love it in order to do it? Or is there something else that's a little bit more important? You know, it's funny. I just had this, this situation happen to me uh, yesterday. And I would say, actually, probably more importantly, it happened for me. I had to fire a client yesterday. It's one of the, I, I don't do it often. It doesn't happen to me very often. But yesterday, I had to fire a client. Because something happened. I realized that I believed more in his vision than he did himself. And it, I was forcing something that, that didn't need to be forced. You see, that's one of the, the character traits that I have. That's a great one that I'm very proud of. At the same time, it could bite me in the butt sometimes. So that was work. I had to put some work in. I didn't love doing that, but it was what needed to be done for both sides. But do you have to love everything that you do in order to make it happen? Or is there something bigger that's more important? Then I started thinking about the word work, right? And right at this morning, when I said the word work, if you love what you do, does it, like, does it feel like work? And I realized, why are we using language like work to create extra challenges or extra barriers for ourselves? Why can't it just be the things that we have to do in order to get the thing done? You see, language is incredibly important. And by the way, if you can imagine my head for the last five minutes, I'll be going down a downward, downward spiral, analyzing every single word that I use in my life and also, you know, as a, as a coach. Like if you ever look at that, seen that meme from Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie's trying to f figure out who Pepe, Pepe Sylvia is, that's literally me right now. I'm like overanalyzing everything. But I think this conversation needs to be had. It's this idea that the language that we use on a daily basis that we don't think anything of is per, is preventing us from getting to where we want to be. And again, the thought process is let's start with the idea of love, like loving what we do. There's people, including the fire, the person I had to fire, that wasn't loving what he had to do in order to get to where he wanted to be. And he quit on himself. I'm just kind of speaking openly and honestly here. Right, it's breakfast with champions. I can I can speak openly and honestly, right? I just want to make sure before I move on. Can I can I speak open and honestly here at Breakfast with Champions? Is it okay? Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. So what happened was, and this happens to a lot of entrepreneurs that I see, and even people in, in the workplace and, and sales teams that I work with, and they say they say to me like, I don't love that I have to do this and sacrifice this, and 
and and and this is why I, I can't go forward. I can't move forward with this. I don't. I'm not loving this. Who said that you have to love every single moment of what you do? There's something greater than that. It's purpose. It's purpose. There are things you have to do. Love, effort, none of these things truly matter as long as you're living in your purpose. And again, I think back to some of the role models I had growing up, right? Some of the people that really have paved the way to make this this nation a great nation. People that, you know, had to sacrifice a lot in order to make sure that the world we live in today is the world we live in today. Do you think they enjoyed every moment of what they did? Do you think they enjoyed being ridiculed and yelled at? Some people even lost their lives. Do you think they loved that? What mattered to them was the purpose. Are you living in your purpose? You know, for me, my purpose is very simple, right? People uh, create these very long and elaborate visions and mission statements, and mine are tied into one thing. And I've said this before in other segments, but my purpose is to help people realize they deserve more. That's it. That is my purpose. And if I'm doing that, what is required for that purpose to be lived in is doesn't matter. It is what it is. I always say this uh, to a lot of my clients. I say the most dangerous person in the world says it is what it is. It's funny. We create these self-fulfilling prophecies all the time. And we never even think two, like, two things about it. You know, I'll give you another example. I have this you know, friend that says, you know, I don't like, and this, by the way, it's not just this one person. It's a lot of people that I deal with. I go, Raylan, I don't like sales. I hate sales. I hate sleazy car salesmen. I hate this. I hate that. And so what happens is because they hate sales, they don't want to commit to learning about the craft. They don't want to learn about how they can not maybe sell, but inspire people to take action. And because they don't invest their time and sometimes money into learning the craft of sales, they don't do well at sales. And because they don't do well at sales, well, guess what happens? Well, they suck at sales. And then they hate sales. They sell, and they were right the whole time, right? I said this before, but we constantly are looking to be right. So when we say things like, man, I, I'm not a good salesperson. I'm not good at sales. The truth is you're right because you're not doing the necessary steps to ensure that you know you are same thing is true with any i am statements for that matter i'm an introvert well okay but does that serve you is the question does that help you and what you're trying to do and more importantly does it actually matter or are you willing to do whatever it takes to fulfill your purpose which then brings me to the other point do you have- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. A purpose. And is it worth maybe you sacrificing? Like Alexander asked me, are you willing to, you know, sometimes look stupid to, to be able to do what you have to do? The answer, the answer is yes, because yes, I'm, I'm living, living in my in purpose. My... So I think back again to the idea of language 
And over the the next like twenty minutes or so, I want to go through some some languaging that I think is important. And one of the things that really stands out to me, and why language is important, is because when we say words, right, it's a personal thing that makes our mind act and behave in certain ways. So when I say, for example, for that individual that says I don't like sales, I said stop using the word salesman. Who said you have to use the word sales? Like for me internally. Right. Externally, it's language that everyone understands. So I say the word sales. But honestly, what I say, I say enrollment. Right. I say I'm enrolling people because to me, enrollment means I'm enrolling you in the way of uh, the way of thinking that I have, the philosophy I have, the way of being. I'm enrolling you in more than just a program or a mastermind group. I'm enrolling you into a new way of being that can help you get to where you want to be. Who cares what other people think about your language? It's yours. The question, though, becomes, again, is it serving you? So maybe change your language. Again, this brought me to who I am. I'm a coach, and I'm proud to say I'm a coach. But the language between coach and teacher is incredibly important. So why is it important to understand the difference between teaching and coaching? Well, many of us, many of us I think, hide behind the idea of just teaching. Because to some of our clients... To me, teaching doesn't really move the needle. You know, teaching on Instagram, for example, or maybe even Clubhouse, has led to many entrepreneurs looking and acting like, you know, like every other entrepreneur. Everyone's the same, right? We're just kind of giving out information, and hopefully it helps you, and we're teaching. But what's frustrating is people have these huge followings that they don't move the needle, so to speak. Their audience doesn't buy from them. Their audience doesn't enroll into their way of thinking fully. They're just soaking up the information they learn. Now, what's really funny is uh, Alexander and I actually had a call a while ago. And it got me thinking about this idea of teaching versus coaching. And I asked him a question as we were on the phone. I go, hey, do you remember the segment I did yesterday? And he was like, yeah, of course. Like, it was the reason why we even jumped on the phone. He wanted to learn more about what I do and, and just to catch up and understand what we each other do. And I go, okay, what did I talk about? And he goes, I don't remember. <laughs> and it was just the day before, right? So if he doesn't remember, chances are he didn't implement on anything that I had talked about. Something that probably could have helped him in his life or in his, or in his business. And by the way, that's not just Alexander, it's everybody. We're t having these teaching moments, but nothing really sticks. Again, got me thinking about the idea between coaching and teaching. What When you say the word teacher versus coach, what does it do to your brain? How does it make you behave differently? These things are kind of important. So coaches to me are forever. Like I think about it, right? Like back in high school or middle school or college, can you really think about, and I want you to try hard, and maybe some of us can because some, you know, some teachers, I argue, are more coaches than teachers, but I'll get to that in a minute. But when we think about it, those teachers, those teachers stand out because they, the way they made us feel. But can you remember any of the lessons they taught us? I can't remember the sake of, you know, for for anything, how to solve a Pythagorean theorem. I don't even think I know how to spell Pythagorean now that I think about it. <laughs> I can't really remember, you know, the, the lessons that I learned from English class or Spanish. I, I think the only thing I know remember from Spanish, uh, Spanish is El Gato, El Gato in La Biblioteca, which I think translates to there's a cat in the library, right? <laughs> the lessons never stuck with me. Just the way they made me feel. You know, luckily, though, I have an example of, of hybrid. So my math teacher was actually my wrestling coach. 
and he taught me one of the most complicated algorithms in this lesson, right? And, and the funny thing was, inside that lesson, I was struggling to solve the problem, right? He had taught it earlier in the day, and it just slipped my mind. I couldn't remember how to solve this problem. So I went up to him and said, you know, Coach Castle, how do you, how do, you do this? I can't remember. And I'll never forget, he looked at me and goes, I don't know. I'm not a math teacher. I was, obviously, I was puzzled as hell. I was like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm a history teacher. Again, what in the world are you talking about? Like, of course you're a math teacher. He goes, dude, I literally, your guess is as good as mine. You got to figure it out. So I went back to my desk, frustrated as all hell. And I sat there and I tried to figure it out. And I figured it out. I remember the moment that I figured it out. I remember that feeling. I got so excited that I figured it out. And there, was a, there wasn't a teaching moment here. There's a coaching moment. He did something that very few are willing to do. He knew I had the answers inside me all along. He just helped me pull it out. You see, I feel like a teacher is someone who brings new ideas or shows new problems, right? Makes you think differently. But a coach, a coach oftentimes helps a client unlock the knowledge they already have and make sure they implement on it. And I think success lies between these two skills. As an entrepreneur, or you know, if you if you're one of the people that I've worked with, you know, on sales teams, there's something in between. The key is teaching, maybe teaching more about how you can bring a new idea to the surface, but coaching really makes sure they follow through on those new ideas. You know, way we often we often teach people more than we coach them, right? We are diagnosing problems. We're giving ideas how to solve this problem. Here, here's five tips on how you can be a better entrepreneur. Here's three hashtag you should use if you're in this industry. Okay, we're teaching. But how would that change if we were coaching? So great coaching assumes that they already know the solution. So when I say I'm a coach, what I'm trying to do is unlock that file that you put in your head 15 years ago, 10 years ago from a book you read, unlock that so that you will actually come to the idea yourself and you actually go and implement on it. The reason why I got so excited when Coach Cashel showed me that, that algorithm, or, or better yet, told me to figure it out myself, was that I realized more than the lesson itself, their algorithm still to this day I don't remember. But he, he showed me something I didn't know I had, which is the ability to figure things out myself. And that I carried with me my entire life. I'm talking to you all about that experience, but yet and still I can't remember the lesson. So great coaching already assumes they know the solution. So now that you know the solution, there are some options, right? You can either do this or do that. You can use it or not, right? In order to get to where you need to be, what do you need to start doing today? Now that you, you know the answer, so let's act upon it. So oftentimes I ask a lot of questions to coach, right? So what's standing in your way of where you want to be? You know, what do you need to do today to get to everything you want more? These questions, again, you know the answer. Why do I tell you what to do? It makes no sense. Not to mention, too, you're not going to actually act on it unless it's your idea. The truth is why it's so important and why I think this languaging of coaching versus teaching is so important is because most of our potential clients, most of the people that are in our lives, most of the people at our workplace, they have limiting beliefs that are stopping them from being who they want to be. And by the way, again, my purpose is to help people realize they deserve more. So one of the things that I realized early on 
was that if I don't get past your limiting beliefs and I don't get you to use different language, I don't get you to behave and, and live in your purpose, I don't matter. I'm just another sales coach and there's millions of us. Maybe not millions, but there's still a lot, okay? In order to, I say this often, but it's more important to be different than to be better. So for me to be better, or, or more importantly, to be different, I need to get you thinking differently. I need to coach you on how to fulfill your purpose, whatever that means to you. So when we're using language, right, whether it's in here and we're talking about the idea of if you love what you do for work, will it still feel like work? all these things, be careful of the language that you use. Again, how many of us in here have said words like, oh, I'm a, I am a blank. I am an introvert. It's the most common one I hear. Oh, I don't know about going live on IGTV because I'm an introvert. Does that serve you? Does that actually help you in what you're trying to do? And mo most importantly to me is, are you willing to let go of who you think you are in order to become who you're meant to be? Are you willing to let go of who you think you are in order to become who you're truly meant to be? We think we know who we are, but the truth of the matter is we don't, we have no clue. Who you are today is just a combination of all the different behaviors you've done in your life and things people have told you and, and ways of being and things you've heard and books you've read but who is to say that nothing can happen or change for you tomorrow? I think about the, the entrepreneur, for example, that's making 5K a month. And one of the most important questions that I ask, I ask everybody, by the way, every single sales call I've ever been on, discovery call, whatever you want to call it to make you feel better. But every call that I've been on uh, for people looking to join either my mastermind or, or work with me personally, I ask one simple question. Who do you, who, like, what do you want? You know, most people actually remember this from a while ago. I did a segment here. I think it was my first segment in Breakfast of the Champions. And I asked this question of, of, of what do you want? And Glenn Lundy spoke up and said what he wanted. It was the, the, the infamous time that I called Glenn Lundy stupid. <laughs> because he said, I feel like I'm stupid. I said, yeah, you are. Because that's what you think you are. So just do, do the opposite thing. But I asked this question really simply. I said, what do you want? And I'm surprised at how many people are not willing to say what they want. They're not willing to put it out there. Maybe this is because they, they have put out goals before and they didn't hit them. Maybe it's the limiting beliefs or, or simply maybe they just never thought about before. They haven't been exposed to the idea that maybe they can hit certain goals, so they don't. But this still saddens me because you can't hit anything you don't take aim at. And if you're not taking aim at a goal worth striving for, are you living in your purpose? Arguably, the answer is no. Again, language is what's really holding us back here. So I always ask a simple question, what do you want? The next question is simple. Who do you need to become in order to get there? And once again, I'm all oftentimes surprised by how this question catches people up. They're kind of shocked by the question because what sales coach or what sales call results into me asking you, who do you need to become? But the reason I ask that question is really simple. Who you are today is giving you the results you have in front of you right now.
you're making 5k a month in your business that is no one's fault but your own and maybe 5k is good for you and you're happy fine but you need to become something entirely different to get to 10 get to 20 get to 100k that is completely different evolutions of who you need to be and part of that is letting go of who you think you are in order to become who you need to be to get to where you want. Again, this brings me back to the original point. Do you have to love what you do in order to get the job done? If you're living in your purpose, does it matter what you have to do? As long as your purpose, by the way, is more morally and ethically right. If your purpose is true, right? It's authentic to you. It means something to you. Bye, honey. Have a good day. Sorry, I had to send my girlfriend by. <laughs> um, if you're living in your purpose, does it truly matter what work, quote unquote, or effort you have to put in in order to make that happen? Right? I hear all the time, too, right? Oh, I can't stay up too late because I'm going to be groggy tomorrow. I'll be grumpy. Who cares? Who cares? Life is about being able to move with the roll with the punches so to speak right not to be so structured that you can't bend and change and how you know that this is not necessarily true is because again if you were given an opportunity to speak in front of a thousand people but you had to get on a red eye tonight in order to make that happen wouldn't you sacrifice some sleep and not even bat an eye at it of course you would if again your purpose you're in line with your purpose the ongoing analogy I always give is like, oh, if I said, hey, you know, I have a million dollars for you, but I'm going to send an Uber, uh, an Uber to you. And when the Uber picked you up, it was a 1989 Toyota Corolla. I always use that car as an example, by the way, because that was my car in high school. And in normal, like, weirdo fashion, I had like a 212s, like, subwoofers in the back. Made no sense. <laughs> but I, fe I felt cool, though. I was in high school. Don't judge me. But so would it matter the car I picked you in? No. What you'd be thinking about is what you're going to do with that million dollars. Does it matter the car I picked you up in? No. So does it matter that you do you have to love every single moment what you do? I don't necessarily enjoy writing copy, for example. Writing has been something that uh, I, I, I tend to not enjoy. But I get the job done. Why? Because it helps people. It makes me live with my purpose. If people join like my newsletter, for example, and you get an email from me every time, my purpose is to make sure that every single time you read one of those emails, you're enrolled into my way of thinking. It helps you live in your purpose or get the results that you want. Does it actually matter that I didn't enjoy it? No, what matters is it was delivered to you, you read it, and it helped you. So I want to take a few minutes here because we got about 11 minutes left. And I know that when I talk about these ideas, these ideas of do you have to love what you do and, and the word work, maybe switching that out with another language. I'm curious to know from, from people in the room, has there ever been, and just speak up because the, the stage is pretty long, so I can't see if someone's blinking their mic, but has there been a, a piece of language, a verbiage, a word that you've had to let go in order to become who you are today? What is something that you had to let go of so that way you can become who you're meant to be? Anybody can can jump in here. This is Araya again here. Comparing, hey, Araya. Hey, Doug. 
of comparing yourself to other people. You just have to focus on your strengths, what you do best, and not look left or right to see how, how everybody else is doing it bigger or better. So not to compare, I think, is something that I let go of a long time ago and just be the best I can be and not worry about who might be better or bigger than I am. Can, Aurora, I'm, I'm curious. When you're back in school, do you remember what the teachers used to tell us when we were in the middle of taking a test? Yeah, don't look left or right. <laughs> Study and stay in your own lane. Keep your, your own eyes. <laughs> keep your eyes on your own paper. And I what's love interesting, it. right? <laughs> Is how far that goes. It wasn't. It was meant for not copying each other. But the truth is, if we're focusing on other people, how in the world can we do the best of our abilities and what we're doing? I, I always translate things to sports because I used to be a professional fighter, and one of the things that I learned was that in order to do the best that I had to do, I didn't watch a lot of film on the other person because then I was worried about what he was going to do instead of focusing on my skills and what was going to get me the win. They say defense wins championships, right? But in fighting and one-on-one or in business, oftentimes it's your offense. My best defense was my offense. If I was moving, I was doing things, guess what? It didn't matter what you did. Try stopping it. One of the best things that I used to love about old – for the football fans in the room, I'm a U of M, a U of M fan. And back in the day, we just run up the middle 15 plays in a row. Remember the coach at a conference, uh, they asked him, hey, why in, why in the world did you keep running the same play over and over again? He goes – well, I'll stop running it when they start stopping it. Do the same. Who cares what everyone else is doing? Do what you have to do, especially if it's getting results. I love that. What else? Who else has had to let go of something? This, hi, this is Dr. Dini. Um, thank you so much. That was just so insightful, um, especially talking about the difference between the coach and the teacher. Um, one thing I needed to let go of was looking at what people were expecting me to do rather than doing what I wanted to do. The expectations of others have caused a lot of loss and a lot of pain and has caused me to limit myself a lot of times. So being able to let go of that enabled me to step into who I am and who I am becoming. And Dr. Dinian, I'm done speaking. Absolutely. That was beautiful. The expectation of others, because at the end of the day, once again, if you're living in your purpose, does it truly matter what other people say about you? You know, really briefly, I'll tell you this. And I was thinking about how I could talk, talk about, about it today because I needed to. And I'll only take two minutes. and I'll, I'll, I know somebody else wants to chime, chime in here. But this, um, this week, I, I lost my grandmother. And my grandmother, uh, my grandparents on my mother's side were racist my entire, most of my life until about 20 years old. And so for those who don't know, I'm biracial and, and uh, they're Polish immigrants and it kind of excommunicated my mother because she, she married a black man and, and raised by racial children. But something happened as they got older, they changed their mind about everything and they wanted to be in our lives. And that's what happened later on in life. I was able to develop a relationship with my, my grandparents. And that's why I said at the beginning of this talk, I said, I proud myself of being able to change my ideas and change my mind. So that's what my parent parents did. Most people are, are afraid to even change their beliefs at all, let alone something that's inherently they were raised that way. And then 70, 80 years old, changed their mind, which is crazy to me, inspiring, to say the least. But I think about the, what they might have been through with their group of friends, the people that they grew up with, when they told them that they were going to go see their grandkids. 
the ridicule, the expectations that they had to put away in order to live in their purpose, which is which was at the time obviously to be great grandparents. Now we never had the relationship that that some of you maybe have been fortunate to have with your grandparents. But the fact that I was even able to hug my grandmother at my grandfather's funeral, for example, years ago, was the first time I ever hugged her. That moment was worth everything to me. And that was able to be, that was able to happen because they let go of expectations from others. They let go of comparing themselves to other people and they just lived in their purpose. They just did what they needed to do. And by the way, I'm not sitting there telling you guys that like my grandparents, for example, woke up one day and they were saints. It's that I didn't write this when I wrote something about this on, on Facebook, for example, just to get my thoughts out. I had to write this part in there because it's hard for people to understand. But I remember even when my grandmother went to reach to give me a hug, when we hugged and embraced, she was pulling away half the time. It was almost like internally in her body. It was like, oh, what am I doing? But it was the fact that she tried. Even when she would say, I love you, it was forced. But she still tried. And there's people that look down on her for that. But the fact is, she changed her whole being in order to give me that hug. In order to tell me, I love you. And some of you in the room that are listening to this now are afraid to even let go of the thought that you don't deserve what you want in life. Some of you won't let go of the things that you need to let go of. And here this woman was at 80 years old, deciding to let go of who she thought she was in order to be able to give me a hug. And you can't, and you struggle with the idea of, of putting out effort to get what you want. Confusing. Anyway, I know there's somebody else that wanted to chime in. We got about four minutes left. Uh, who else hey, had Braylon? something they had to let go? Go ahead. This is Monica in the Turquoise Circle. I... You are correct that the first segment you did, I was so inspired by that I reached out to you and said, dude, we are doing a segment together. So that was so powerful for me. And this one is as well. The thing I had to let go of was the acceptance of the societal norm of what being in your 50s looks like. And what I mean is I'm not changing or letting go of the societal norm. I am letting go of the my acceptance of that societal norm because that societal norm may still exist, but I let go of accepting it as true for myself, and I was able to create something I never imagined possible for my physical health. This is Monica, and I'm complete. Monica, that was beautiful. The thing that we have to remember is we always have a choice. There's so many stories we tell ourselves. And by stories, you know, again, this is Breath of the Champions. I don't need to uh, decode myself. The truth is, they're excuses. I can't do this because of this. Or this person's telling me. You still have a choice. The information comes in your head, then you have a choice. You listen to it, or you do something different. All anything that matters is, does it give you the results that you're looking for? Does it make you happy? Does it make you in line with your purpose? I love that. I think we have time for, for one more. What's something that someone has had to let go of or become who they are today? Go ahead. Rocky. Um, I think I heard Brocky. Yeah, I was right? blinking beside you, but I don't think you saw me. Um, oh, no, I didn't. 
<laughs> this one just be quick. Yeah, I had to let go of my fear of rejection um, when it came to sales because I've used attraction marketing for years. I built my business strictly off of referrals and people coming to me, um, and I've never had to to reach out. So I, what I learned was if I ever wanted those high ticket clients and high ticket sales, I have to let go of my fear of rejection and truly reach out and convince people and get to know to them and talk to them and learn how to make sales in order to do that um, so that I can reach the goals that I have to reach. So um, that's my share. Thank you. Rocky, yes. And that's exactly why I, I, I love working with you because of the fact that you're willing to let go of that. And I think the other part too is the part of rejection. No one likes to be rejected. But what if, again, it's the language you use? Oh, I don't like being rejected. Well, maybe we just consider the fact that they just want their people. And then you move on to the next one. Right? The effort that you spend on somebody that's rejected you and the energy and time you spend on analyzing what actually happened and that it's time you could be spending finding somebody else and helping them live in their purpose. So to me, I'm rejected a lot, quote unquote. There's people all the time that get on a call with me and decide, you know, I don't think Raylan's the right fit. I don't like the way his nose is crooked and how much he swears. But then what do I do? I go and find the next person that needs my help. So that's my time. I want to say thank you to everyone that listened to this. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.